Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I am your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table with my wife, Kathy Waite. Hi. Hey, you didn't call me lovely this time. Oh, I didn't want to be too redundant. <laughs> but you are lovely. Thank you. We need more... Um, Adver- adjectives? Yeah, more yeah. adjectives for you. Well, but think about that for next time. My lovely wife, Kathy Waite, sitting across the table. Thanks for listening. We're taking you through our seasonal training methods and progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider. And we're on to episode number 47. And if I'm correct, this will be our last episode of our first season of the podcast. Kapow. So yep, congrats to cool. us. Yeah, congrats to us. And thanks to any, anyone and everyone that's been listening um, along the way. Hopefully we've managed to improve things slightly. And I don't know, I think... I think we did. I think we've learned as we've gone. Yeah. And we've gotten better equipment and figured out how to Prepare talk to better. each other better. Yeah, um, so I've stopped having my meltdowns beforehand. Yeah, in the beginning, it <laughs> was brutal everyone. to get you to want to do these. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, we're 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 ending. We're coming to a close of season one. Um, next week, we might do. I'm on the fence if the next episode will be the official like season end review of season one, or will it be the season preview of season two? So oh, it's so tantalizing. Tough decisions oh, to make. Very tough on our next episode, but. Um, at any rate, we're going to end this season with a appropriate topic of ending your training or racing season. So coming to an end of your season, taking a, what's often referred to as your transition time in the mm-hmm. business. So season transition, um, which is that period of taking a break between seasons. And we want to go through why you need to do that, when to do it, how to do it, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff today. So uh, should be a good good discussion. Yeah, we talk about that this topic quite a bit anyway. So. Yeah, definitely. So um, before we do that, what have you been up to? How did what did you do last week? Oh, it was a good week. It was a really good week. Um, just got a couple good sprint sessions in um, by myself one day with Sophia another day, and it's, it's actually funny how much harder I go when I'm with her. I did the exact same workout on Monday and Thursday, and my numbers. By yourself. Were, yeah. Yeah. Monday by myself. Thursday with her. Um, we didn't have time to do the longer intervals, so we both agreed we would just do the uh, anaerobic power intervals. The shorter so ones, yeah. 15 second, 30 second, one minute. It was perfect for just what we had going on. And yeah, it was just so much more fun to have a little competition with her. Oh, yeah. Having a training partner, especially one that's similar in ability to you, it may, yeah, is, makes things so much better. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> and then I had a great ride with my friend Darren yesterday morning. Uh, for the fourth weekend in a row, we went over to what we do our what we're calling our, calling our usual loop <laughs> for four weeks. But we love it. It's like she, he swings by my house, our by our house, and we go down through Bear Creek Lake Park, over into Morrison, up Mount Falcon, which is a fantastic climb if yep. you like climbing. Swoop into Indian Hills, which is a teeny little town if you can call it that, and then you connect into the layer of the Bear Trail and whip down that for I don't know thirty forty five minutes pop back out onto the canyon road, a little highway, back into Morrison, back home. Yeah. It's like three-ish hours. Yeah, it's a great loop for those it's in the so Denver area. It's so fun. It's about 3,800 feet of climbing from our house. Okay. So I'm actually pretty tired today. So it's solid. Yeah, solid amount of climbing. I mean, Mount Falcon's got steep climbing. So does Layer of the Bear, short on actually it that does, direction. Yeah. But it's it has like some punchy short, short climbs. But yeah, that's a great route. At three hours, you're probably half or more than half on dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, definitely more than half. More than half, yeah. And uh, we're lucky to have options like that. Well, what's fun is that, that because we've done it four weekends in a row, like just tracking our progress. And like for Darren, he always tries to make it cleanly up Mount Falcon. And I think three out of the four times he has, okay. he's really good at that climb. I've not made it cleanly once, but I've been able to make things like little obstacles, rocks and whatnots that I hadn't made okay. in previous weeks. So yeah. I was really happy with our ride. Good. Um, like I kept it mostly aerobic. I think my average heart rate was 145 up the whole climb. And oh, it was like just under 38 minutes. Very few people can ride Mount Falcon aerobic heart rate. Yeah. I mean, um, to, in all honesty, that top part where it's that rock garden, my heart rate would go up a little bit, but okay. because it would, it had been lower on the lower part, my average heart rate for the 38 minutes was 145. So okay. yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, it wasn't you're... truly aerobic the entire time. Right, but very close. Very close. Yeah. And I made all the hard stuff. I, I just dabbed my foot down because I wasn't paying attention in this one part. So yeah. I feel like I wrote it the best I have in a long time. Good. Yeah, I might even go for like a time trial next week. 
Ooh, Ooh I don't know. I did it once with Sophia. Yeah. Like, what, what, what was that? Like two months ago, when she got the PR. Yeah, she did twenty nine. She got the QOM or whatever yeah. on Strava. Were you going hard then too? I don't remember. Yeah, but I died halfway up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's some redemption. And... Maybe. <laughs> it's fun it, but it's been really on. fun, and I'm grateful for my buddy Darren. He he and I are like perfect long ride partners. Yeah. Awesome. So it was good. Now you did some amazing rides. I want you to kind of share what your goal was over the week and what happened on those like yeah. power test rides, I guess you could call them. Yeah. So I've been running on m- motivational fumes recently. Um, well, you could have fooled me. You seemed really motivated. Well, I mean, just going into f- August, I mean, there was going to be some racing opportunities that then got canceled oh, due to right. a, a, a wildfire, um, you know, and then some other races that just didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this season of disappointment in terms of <laughs> wanting to race. So I've now come to the full acceptance of I'm not going to race this year. So yeah, um, it took you a while, but you it got did take, I, I'm one of those like glass half full people where I was always holding out hope like, well, maybe in six or eight weeks, you know, things will turn a corner and we'll start having events. And I've been saying that since like April. Well, it's good you were like that because you kept the team motivated. Yeah, yeah, the team. Yeah, that, I think and so. that was my job, right? Keep let's keep the team as motivated as possible. Let's try to keep training in case something happens. And and quite honestly, through all this training, and I think we talked about this in the last episode, we've all become extremely fit, and mm-hmm. that's worth its weight in gold right there. I mean, mm-hmm. we, did we get to race? No. I mean, that's what we like to do, and ultimately helps us become better racers but I was having this discussion I think with Sophia earlier in the week about like how we essentially just kind of did like three years of base training Mm. over the course of this one year oh that's that's something huge yeah so and then she asked me an interesting question because I've always said to the young riders like it takes 10 years at least 10 years to get to where you're going to be like as good as you're going to be basically Mm. or you know reach like start reaching your potential and so her thought was, okay, so if we, in essence, did like two or three years worth of training now, do, do I only have like six more years until I'm <laughs> as, like reached my max potential? And I was thinking about it like, well, maybe. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I mean, no one knows. No one's had this experience before, right? Of right. No racing and like massively consistent training over months mm-hmm. and months and months. So who knows? Okay, well, when we're on our 1,047th episode, we can see you. <laughs> what the outcome was yeah yeah so anyway i yeah i've been running on fumes i got extremely fit um and was doing some of the high intensity stuff but yeah a combination of the races getting canceled the air quality was terrible with all these wildfires in colorado and elsewhere it was hot and i just was losing interest so um i decided let's finish this up with some hard efforts and something again i've haven't ever had the opportunity to do because of racing getting in the way is I wanted to go do a, a maximum five minute effort, mm-hmm. a maximum 10 minute effort and a maximum 20 minute effort for power. Right. Right. Um, all over the course of about a week and get, just collect that data and see, um, because it, those are very standard data points in the cycling world. Well, one minute power, which that we do do somewhat frequently because that's part of our testing protocol. But then the, the other test in our testing protocol is a four-minute power, right? which is going to be more than somebody's five-minute power. I mean, I never go as hard as I can for five minutes, and I never go as hard as I can for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and I never go as hard as I can for 20 minutes, really, at any point. So I wanted to do it. Why not? It's a different year. Well, I think it's great you brainstormed a, a way to keep you motivated for another week or two. Yeah, and it was like, those are going to be my quote-unquote races, basically. Right. Let's see how hard I can go. Um so did it, um, got a lot of great data. Well, also it took you a little while to research how you were going to get a five-minute effort. Yes. You had to do some research on Strava, I think, and you found like a stretch of well, yeah. highway on Highway 8 by Morrison. Yeah, so I figured if I'm going to do this, why not couple it with a Strava segment, if possible, Yep. to make it quote-unquote worthwhile and even more sort of race-like so right. I could see how I stack up against the locals in our area. So. Yeah, I, I found an, a segment that was just over five minutes, um, and you did that one for the five-minute one, and then um, did our local, or my favorite, interval training route on Grapevine, 
um, which was about uh, 11 plus minutes, but close enough to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I got the best 10 minutes out of those 11 plus minutes in that. Um, and as a side note, I did get the KOM on that Eastern grapevine climb. So that's kind of cool. That's really fun. Just missed it on the five minute one, um, by, uh, it was like, I forget less than 20 seconds shy, but yeah, I thought you said like 11 seconds. Was that what, yeah. yeah. So I was close. Um, and then the 20 minute one I did on, I, I did not try to get a KOM rather. I went for an extremely popular climb here in the Denver area called Lookout Mountain and the tour of Colorado goes up that and Phil Guyman's done his KOM, you know, and all these things. So the top 10 is like 16 minutes range. <laughs> <It's> so insane. <laughs> Which, yeah. And I knew my best that I had done many years back in a race, the Lookout Mountain Hill Climb, was like 1905 or something like that. With mm, like, okay, in, in good shape many years back. Um, I think that was what I, what I had figured out. Anyway, just went as hard as I could up Lookout because that's sort of like a huge benchmark that everyone in the Denver area knows what for it sure. is. So um, had... Super solid power for me on that. Um, went eighteen fifty five, I think, was the time. So right around my best time ever, if not my personal best time it's ever. It's incredible. Minutes off the KOM, but I knew I was I wasn't going for the KOM. I was just going for my own right. effort and to collect that twenty minute data. So I actually started a little bit below the actual start of the main segment mm -hmm. because I knew I'd be under twenty minutes. So I started almost two minutes. Oh, to get the data you further wanted. down. Yeah, because I wanted a twenty minute data gotcha. capture because gotcha. then what training peaks does is it will identify your best five 10 and 20 minute powers out of out of that so had i gone as hard as i could and just for that segment and did it in 1855 or whatever i did it it wouldn't have counted towards my 20 minute power or actually it would have just then used like the few minutes before or after that segment of, the average. of easy riding prior to starting going hard. Yeah. yeah. So I started lower, went hard to get the full 20. What was your average power for the 20? Um, it was like three, yeah, three forty, three hundred forty five Watts, I think. That's great. Um, which is, yeah, for, for me at a hundred, I'm 144 pounds right now. And that's around average elevation of about 7,000 feet. So, um, uh, you know, that's really solid for me. And that kind of <clears throat> corresponds, if you've been listening to the show, and we, I talked about my testing a couple episodes back, where the the data said um, my FTP was going to be around 345, which in oh, theory is what right. I should do for an hour. This, I basically did a 20-ish minute effort at 345, but I mentioned in that show I thought that 345 FTP was probably a little inflated. <laughs> Because one, I was coming off of the high altitude training, and I was like really, f like at, at sort of like peak fitness then. Okay. And now I'm five or so weeks removed from that altitude, so I probably lost most of those altitude gain benefits. And I'm on this like downward slope of peak fitness. So it anyway. Long story short, I'm kind of rambling on of like I was thinking I was my true FTP was probably more like three thirty ish, and this kind of corresponds to that. So it all. Everything kind of matches up how the numbers were sort well, of. What I like about dictated. that is that that hard effort did confirm what you suspected about your own FTP. Right, and that's kind of another reason why I wanted to do that right. too. It's just like more data. <clears throat> pardon me, more confirmation of. Yeah, that's cool. You know, the efforts put forth. Here's where I'm at. Will I ever do those efforts again in the future? Probably never again in a week like that. Um, but I may try in the future to try either the five or the 10 or the 20 here and mm -hmm. there throughout next year and the years to come just to, as a reference point, you know, now I've got that data. To yeah. see. I know now in my mind, 2020, I got to be extremely fit. So if I can get up close to that again in 2021 or 22 or whatever the case may be, you know, then I'm on track or whatever. So, hmm. so that for whatever be, that's worth. That's awesome. Yeah. So I looked at it as like seasons winding down. We're not racing. These are going to be my quote unquote races and give me enough motivation to keep kind of going and then wrap things up from there. And that kind of leads into what this, today's discussion will be about. You know, I've never gone as hard as I can up Lookout Mountain. Oh, really? Yeah, every time I go over there, and I go over there frequently, mm -hmm. it's always with a mission of just an aerobic endurance or like, yeah. or like big gear work and maybe standing and climbing yeah, up. Yeah, we do a lot of that in so, the early season. Yeah, maybe... Maybe I should go do that. Yeah, you should. It's a great benchmark. I know. I love to climb. I'm, 
I just think um, it could be a bit painful, but I would like to see what I can do yeah. all out. I mean, over the 15, 16 years now, I've lived in the Denver area. I mean, over those years, I had done quite a few tests, you know, time trial efforts up that um, with power meters that whole time because that was back in the day and for many people still like that 20 minute power test is like what people like to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've gone over in previous episodes why we don't necessarily think that's the best way to go about it, but it was one of the original ways to go about determining your FTP. Um, So I do have some historical data on that um, and it is useful. I mean, it's a good, good climb to do and this is the time of year to go and get a good time versus like winter where it's like cold or windy or, you know, whatever. I mean, when it's warmer, drier, usually less windy this time of year and, you know, you can get yeah. a good time. Okay. Um, let's talk about when I should do that. Yeah. Let's maybe next week. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> well, I think I'm still too Recover tired. A couple yeah. Days. yeah. I, we did our recovery ride down to the farmer's market and my legs felt like poo all the way home. So I think I need <laughs> oh, one more day off. A couple easy days, yeah. You can go for it. So, um, What else have we been up to? What else? Yeah, so that's kind of the bulk of it. I mean, we're still in the midst of creating our WeDevo program or, or selecting riders and getting that ball going. I mean, it's going, but just keeping it going. Um, so yeah, we've had some zoom calls with kids around the country. Yeah. Yeah. We're narrowing down our, we, what we were calling our national team or we like the UCI race team segment of that. Um, so we should have that figured out very soon. Registrations open for the 14 to 22 year olds, like we Devo program that training doesn't officially begin until December. Um, but people are already getting their kids registered for that, young people registered for that. And I'm really excited about getting a big group of young riders from around the country to join in on that and um, see what we can do with them. I am, as, I'm, I am excited as well. Um, so, and just to clarify that the higher level team is an application process, right? but the development team is open to anyone in that age group, 14 to 22, who's interested in taking their riding to the next level. Exactly. And we're limiting that WeDevo program registration to 20 riders, although we're getting Mm -hmm. close already to filling up on that. So we may look at expanding that, opening up maybe to like 30 riders or whatever we think we can manage and handle. So, um, yeah, we're almost, I think we have like 16 riders already filled up or signed up. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, the popularity of getting the kids into mountain bike racing Mm -hmm. is, I mean, that's really encouraging. So hopefully we have races to go to next year. um, Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then our base builder program is also open. I think we're about five-ish weeks away from that. Um, So it's coming up quick. Um, And we talked about that in episode 45, so a couple episodes back, um, all about that. But that's up and running, and we're getting people registered for that. And we've, you and I have some work to do the next couple weeks to polish that all up. In fact, I sort of tossed and turned last night in bed. (laughs) The wind was blowing. It was quite howly outside and then I in my mind I had different exercises and movements like racing through my mind and okay. like wanting to just process like different things we were going to do and oh, it kept me up but the good news is I'm excited about kind of freshening up some of yeah. our exercises and so I reached out to two girlfriends who I admire whom I admire very much and they're going to come over this week some trainers yeah some personal yeah. trainers and coaches and just <clears throat> yeah like chat exercises and movements and give me some new ideas and kind of yeah yeah, run some ideas by them because it is a little bit different now that we're going to do everything online and via zoom and platform it through the website so and have that at home strength and conditioning portion yeah versus like we're we're in a group setting we're using barbells because most people won't be using barbells right and so we're just i really want to make um, it very accessible to people of all fitness levels, people of all experiences with weight training. Right. Um, and, and also for people who've done the program for a few years, like have some new movements. Yeah, that'll so, be great. And the people that have barbells at home and want to lift the heavier weights, that will still be available mm-hmm. and part of the program. But those that don't, and that's a large group, I think, of cyclists in particular, of, you know, in a lot of them aren't comfortable or familiar or maybe even interested in heavy quote weightlifting even though it's very beneficial but getting them to do 
the, the kind of movements you're working on right now to figure out, right. you know, to get them dialed in will be really great. To get someone who's not lifting any kind of weights mm-hmm. to even lift moderate amounts of weight at home, well, they'll see huge gains. Well, the be really main cool. benefit is that as cyclists, we're always in the same movement pattern. We're hunched over a bike. We're on a, a non-moving, in a way non-moving. Well, the bike is moving, but like the, the bike itself, like we're in a Very pre- fixed, fixed position. position yeah. Let's run a mountain bike. And we just need to change it up, especially yeah. in the off season. And we need to work on our pushing and pulling muscles. We, we open need our chest, open our chest up, our so hips, we don't have yeah. like a hunched over thoracic spine. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about it, but it did keep me awake last night. Yeah, we'll get to work on that because in a couple of episodes, we're going to have a whole show dedicated on the nuances of the strength okay. training program. Well, I will so. throw out one piece of advice to anyone who is interested in being a part of this. Start looking now for equipment. You don't need a lot, and we're going to put a list together soon. But go to your local used sports equipment store, like um, what's it called? Play it again. Play it again. Sports. Like, and I I stopped at ours the the other day. They had no free weights Mm. left except for one pound weights. One pound weights. One pound weights. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. But start looking. um, Just start looking around Craigslist your local store, you, you just need to have a few things, like a couple dumbbells, a couple kettlebells, some resistant band, resistance bands. Um, and a stability Definitely ball. a stability ball, one of those, like, blow-up balls. Yeah, the big, like, You can get those. It, actually, a great place to go is, like, a TJ Maxx, Ross, Marshalls. You walk in there, and they're little random like area. Like lots, like those closeout type Yeah, the closeout stores. stores. Like, yeah. They usually have a fitness section, and you could probably pick up more than you think there. Yeah, that's good advice. So people, start grabbing stuff because you don't want to be last minute. Yeah, hit the garage to... sales, kind of garage sale season at least yeah, maybe here. That's... Um, things like that. Although I have heard, and I did poke on, I, I jumped on Craigslist yesterday, I think, just to see what kettlebells mm-hmm. were available. Um and there wasn't a ton, and they were getting more than two dollars a pound, which for used equipment That's a lot. is a lot. Yeah, um, but because the supply is low and the demand is high, if you have to pay two bucks a pound, you might have to pay two bucks a yeah. pound. But um, but yeah, it's great advice to start looking Scouring in your area. Around, yeah. yeah, for that now. Well, I or, know we've had a couple of the local CrossFit gyms. Closing. Close their doors. Yeah. So sometimes you can find uh, yeah. some kind of fitness center that's closing and, and buy up their equipment. Yeah, and one other thing, too, not to beat this subject to death, but um, why not talk to your friends and family mm-hmm. that have maybe bought fitness equipment years back thinking they were going to get ripped, <laughs> and it ne- they never did. And yeah, they a lot of people it. have exercise equipment in their basement or whatever that they never use. Yeah. So, you know, that's another area to do that, too. So, um but yeah, that's a definitely something to start thinking about for sure. Um, all right, so we're into season salvation plan. This is our we're going into that last week of that season salvation plan, which is actually a recovery week slash testing week mm-hmm. to kind of wrap everything up. So you've finished the the high intensity block. Um, You've got great fitness. Let's recover a few days and then try some sort of test, whether it's our one-minute and four-minute power anaerobic power test and our 20-minute aerobic test. That That's what's on the plan in the training peaks for that. Or if you want to do something more like what I did or you know, go try to PR and get a data point on your favorite local climb or whatever, that's totally fine too. Um, just to collect some sort of data, because if you followed this plan, you're likely in pretty good shape, if not really good shape, and you might as well sort of test it and prove it. For sure, yeah. Um, So there's different ways you can do it, and, you know, that can be up to the individual. And then once we're done with that, that program will come to an end, um, and then it's time to start thinking about that end-of-season break, that transition season, which is what we're going to talk about here. So, um all right. Do we have any questions? Yeah. Well, yeah. Before, I guess we should have mentioned this a second ago when we were talking about the base builder program. What's that? But our, the question that came in on Facebook Messenger. Okay. Yeah. Our buddy Kevin Lingen, who's been training with us for a few years now, and gosh, we knew him years ago when our kids did swim team together too. Uh, he said he emailed you and said, "I, I want to do cross season, and fingers crossed that is going to happen." But how does cross season work with base builder? Oh, right. Yeah. That was a Facebook message earlier this week. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Because in, in, in 
Well, it's a great question for two reasons. In a normal year, cross would be kind of beginning to start up with early season stuff. And how do you fit around, you know, base building training around that? And then this year, there may or may not be cross season. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards probably not much, if any, cross season um, happening. So in a normal year, um, people that love cross, like you can go hit the cross season. I mean, I would recommend taking maybe a a, a week-long break between your like road or mountain bike season that would have just wrapped up before getting into like the cyclocross specific stuff, um, just to freshen up. Yeah. Um, it kind of depends how seriously you're taking cross. If it's like your thing, then that break, you probably took that break actually much a while back and you've been doing base training for cross and now getting into cross season. Um, you know, this year, I think planning on getting in really good base training again early and earlier than you might have normally, because there will be a very limited cross season if, if any, will probably be who riders, mm-hmm. cross riders better for next year. I mean, it's just so up in the air. Is it worth trying to like keep pushing yourself? If your motivation is there, I guess it works. But if you've been training all summer and have been kind of let down without races, <clears throat> why potentially set yourself up for that? So, so is know. it individual? So if Kevin's super motivated to, to race and there are a few races in September and October. Yeah, then you can definitely go for it. Um, and I think I replied back to Kevin that, and this is important for anyone considering our base builder program, is that the program officially begins in October. So if you want to follow along with us kind of week to week, sort of quote unquote live and be like up to speed on the podcasts and the videos and the um, Zoom workouts, you're going to be leading all that. You want to get going in October. However, if you're not ready to start in October because you do have some events in September, October, November, you can start the Base Builder program at any point after October, so in November or December or even January in the new year. Um, And you're just sort of back listening to all the podcast the videos you know the zoom recordings will be available all those sorts of things or if you're not as interested in that media support you can just follow it on your own too but the long story short is you can essentially start the base builder whenever you want um and adjust it accordingly now the one caveat or side note to that is to build an effective base you really do need a minimum of like four months and I think six months is even better, uh, which is why we start in October. Right. So we end sometime in March and then we're racing beginning, you know, in March onwards. Mm -hmm. So if you start in January, that would extend your, if you do the whole six months, that would extend you out through June, which is okay if you have an A race in July, August or September, which for some people that might be, might work out fine. You know, like the people I know that focus solely on Leadville as their A race, they don't really need to start training per se for that event until after the new year and they build up accordingly. Um, in fact, our Leadville plan doesn't start until I think like February because mm. it's right after the lottery right. announcements and everything. So, but if you have an A race in April or something, April or May, and another A race in July or August, you got to start your base training soon right. to get it to get it all in. So, and we'll talk a little bit about that here, like after the season transition, you know, when to get going with that base. So, yeah, that was a good question. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Hope I answered it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him ride by our house too the other day. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah, it's so fun to see our friends riding by, and like, the garage door is open, but you were in the backyard, so he couldn't see. You, oh. But he was like looking through. <laughs> I was like, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get on to the meat meat of it here. So the season transition. Um, So this is that transition period between your current or ending season of training and racing and then into the next season of training and racing. So when you go from ending one season and then into the next season, that period's often referred to as like the off-season. And I think that term off-season's a little confusing for people. Um... Some people take it as like it's that two-week break or so that you take off from the bike. That's Mm -hmm. That to me is that's the transition period or just like a rest period. 
to me, off season is that period of training or it's a, it's the period when you are off from racing. Right. But you are very much on with training. So off season means you're off of a racing program. You, you have no races in the near future of any importance, at least that as we've said before, racing can interfere with training. And that's why this season has been unusual because that hasn't happened. We've been able <laughs> to train. So it's been a whole year essentially of an off season or base training. So the off season is super critical for training and building your fitness. That's where the fitness gains are made. But before you get to the next year's off season, you have to take a bit of a break there. And that's that transition period. And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. So in a normal year, you know, it's pretty obvious where the end of your season is. It's usually not always, but usually at the like completion of your a race. You're, if you did two, it's your second A race, mm-hmm. right? You've finished it. You've, you know, you've worked all year for this thing. Hopefully it went well. Maybe it didn't, but you're done. And that's more often than not where people are like, I'm done. And they take yeah. some time off, right? And sometimes it's maybe a few weeks later. For example, yep. like you did Leadville last year, right? Have I, am I uh-huh. remembering this correctly? Yeah. yeah. See, it's like been a blur. You did Leadville, Leadville. I think that's like the weekend of like August 8th. Yes. Ish. And then you did race at least one more race up in Winter Park. Yeah. Because you're like, I have great fitness. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. The three times I've done Leadville, that was the A race, at least in mm-hmm. the second half of the season. And um, yeah, finished it. I actually would, I still had, yeah, there was, all three times there was another Winter Park race, which is our favorite like local race series, um, the weekend after Leadville. Mm-hmm. And Leadville's a huge race. It takes a lot out of you. And I would take the whole week pretty much off after mm-hmm. Leadville. And then Friday before the Saturday winter park race, I'd go do kind of like a little opener workout to get the legs going again. And then I'd race. <laughs> That's how we felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Usually not. And, and then go race Saturday. Ironically, I would always have these like your best amazing race. races. One, there's no pressure. No pressure. And then I've recovered enough and that two hour, hour 45 winter park race feels so short and fast compared to the seven hour yeah. win, um, Leadville race. And, and I have this great race yeah. and I think I won two out of the three times of doing that or whatever. Yeah, so, it's fun. but anyway, yeah. So you can have your a race. That's the end of your season or maybe you have your a race. And then you have a couple of like your favorite local yeah. races or a charity ride or whatever that is like your final little thing. Sometimes people, their a race won't go well and they want sort of a redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's okay. As long as that quote redemption event is within a week or two. But what you don't want to do is build up to your A race. It doesn't go well for whatever reason and think like, oh, in six weeks I can redeem myself. What happens is you're stretching your fitness out too long and it kind of screws you up for the timing of the next year's base building and building in the next Mm. year. Those are wise words. I think that's difficult. It can be so disappointing if you built up to this A race and it doesn't go well. Right. Have a mechanical maybe and, well, poo. And it can go the other way. Maybe your A race went amazing and you're on this high and you're like, oh, there's another race, you know, in the state over next. I can conquer the world. I could go do that one. It's (laughs) only six weeks, so I'll keep training and do that. And it's just not smart because, again, it interferes with, it's all about timing. Training is all heavily around timing and timing your peaks for the important events and it goes way back you know four five six months prior to time it right and if you drag it on too much and as a side note if you haven't caught on to it already i'm not a massive fan of cyclocross racing because of that very reason i think i see a lot of people that are mountain bike racers or road racers and they kind of finish up their season say august or whatever and they're in good shape and maybe they're they they're still motivated or they want to redeem themselves or whatever and they're like i'm going to do some do the cross season but you're just dragging out this bit of fatigue and all this in my opinion wasted energy <laughs> i might I get mean, some hate emails on i know that, you just like lost a huge group of people <laughs> and then but then the problem is then it's like you have to rest in january and then your next season's races start in march or april and Where's your base? Like you, you cut your base, and your base is so important. It's really, yeah, it's really tough because even one of the girls on our team loves cross, and it's an interesting juggle for us to figure out how to help her be the best cyclist for the future that she can be. Right, right. Mm, now, it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but it can work where you, if you have like a really competitive spring road or mountain bike season, and then you take a break in the middle like of summer, 
and then maybe you rebuild for cross because cross is like your A race. That can work. But don't do cross. I think it's a mistake to do cross after an A season, A race of road or mountain, you know, in the summer and trying to extend it through fall and then try to race again in the spring. It's The mm. timing just doesn't work. Well, if someone disagrees with us, they should email their, plead their case. Right. And interesting discussion. We're getting off track a little bit, but yeah, and I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> it's a little um, soapbox. I'm kind of passionate about that. I think making the most out of the fall and the winter months for next spring and summer is Well, you're so clearly cute. a huge advocate for base training. Yes, definitely. That's, in my opinion, where all the gains are made is in that base training. All the aerobic training, all the strength training and building up, and then just that little bit of race prep is like the icing on the cake to get you like in peak form for your event. But the base, the base is where it's at. It's all about the base. Um, <laughs> so that's a normal year. So in a COVID year, like we're experiencing here, which hopefully is like one in a hundred okay, years. I hope that's like a normal thing we threw out there often. In a COVID year. Right, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it's like one in a hundred years kind of thing. What do we do? Because we've been base training already, yeah. theoretically, for so long. Maybe, you know... It's hard to figure this out, and some people are coming into really good fitness. And if your motivation is high, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to really take a step back about what we were just talking about, and not think like, "Oh, I'm going to keep training." The weather's like just getting better now; like it's not as hot, and and fall's beautiful. I'm going to keep piling on the mileage through September and October. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to set you up to be in good shape in March or April if that's important to you. So. Um, it's definitely the time to start winding it down and finishing things up, which is back to the beginning where I was talking about, you know, doing some test efforts as like right. a good season ender, you know, and like what you're probably going to do next week kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like last Monday you had said, this is what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. And I got a little bit, my like my 12-year-old self was like, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm not even close to being done. I'm really excited and motivated to right. do all these <laughs> But actually, I'm so tired today. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I'm almost done now. Yeah. I still definitely need to do some testing or some fun stuff because... Just to put I, a little cap on it. A yeah. little cap and nothing else. Even if I don't go for like the PRs on some of those climbs, I definitely need to do a test because the last time I did it was May 4th. Okay. And I should at least see. Yeah. I should at least see. I so, mean, you put in the But effort, it's just yeah. funny because I was, I was thinking, yeah. oh no, I'm not even close to being done. But right. yeah, I think I am. I'm like ready for just a few weeks of... Yeah. Not having to be out the door by seven. Right. You know, yeah. my stuff in my pockets. Yeah. So I think a good plan for most people in this COVID year is starting as we're wrapping up season salvation plan or people wrapping up their summer training is think about doing some sort of testing efforts like we talked about earlier and, and finishing it off. Get some data points that will be useful in the future to compare to and then get ready to take a break. And um, and that's what we'll talk about here. It's like or have some big last adventure. Oh, right. yeah, or can... yeah, if testing sounds terrible, you don't want to go hard. Um, yeah, you can do some big, huge, you know, multi day ride or a big, long single day ride. Um, yeah, well, we de- yeah, a few we, of our we de- we want to talk about what's going on as we record. As yeah, um, see, I think there's four of them. Sophia, Five. no, there's Sophia. Tristan, Jack, and Ethan. Oh, because Nico did not go. Yeah, Nico decided Toby, to race today, and knee Toby's hurting. knee is hurting. Okay. So four of the Wee Devo riders, Sophia, Jack, Ethan, and Tristan, are on the Leadville 100 mountain bike course right this moment. Right. They went up there last night with our other daughter, Noelle, who is acting as support and sag wagon, whatever you call that, today. And they camped overnight. It was hilarious to find out they slept about an hour because it was cold and Someone forgot the tent poles. Yeah, but they're going for it. Big final ride of the, the year. And yeah. We're getting some text message updates. And some pictures, some comments. They're halfway done and have about five hours left of daylight, so we'll see if they get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they may have underestimated the fierceness of this course, yeah, the challenge of it. It's a challenging one for sure. I'm very excited to hear about the... Just like their hilarious anecdotes for yeah, the day. Yeah, and that's going to be their season ender. They're capped to their season. Right. And now they're going to take a, a couple weeks off. So, um, you know, and that's certainly one way to do it. Because I presented the idea of, like, why don't we do some testing, guys? And then they were like, uh. Bleh. So, okay, why don't you go pre-ride the Leadville course? Because a couple of them might do Leadville next year. So mm-hmm. go for it. That'll Then you'll be more than ready for some rest and recovery. So, um. Yeah, so end of season break. 
Why do we do it? Yeah, so it's it's absolutely critical. I can't say it enough for recovery and continued growth, both physically and mentally, from year to year to year to year. Um, you just you have to do it. Um, I mean, we have a funny story of a writer we coached a few years ago that we later got this story back about this that. You know, a young writer. A young writer. Say. Yeah, a young writer, you know, super motivated, very talented, um, loves riding his bike, wants mm-hmm. to train, and it was, you know, end of the year, and it's like, okay, I want you to take two weeks off the bike, and, you know, we'll catch up after that, and we'll get started, you know, progressively into the next <laughs> I'm year. I'm over here laughing already. Yeah, and um, unbeknownst to me at the time. And this happened a couple of times, a couple of different a, years. Yeah, a couple of different years, a few years ago. Unbeknownst to me at the time. Um, he decided to keep riding, but did not record or at least upload his rides into Training Peaks and Strava. So I didn't see them. So I thought he's sneaking around riding behind your back. (laughs) And then subsequently, you know, we hit some rough patches in, you know, later in the winter months because, and even the spring months. Oh, I remember definitely like early summer too. There was no motivation left. Yeah. At all. Because that break was very poor race performances. Yeah. For he should have been able to do amazingly well and he just didn't live up to that in a couple of races. But anyway, it's just, an, it's very easy for the eager, highly motivated people mm-hmm. to really struggle with taking a break. I totally get it. I, I feel that way. Um, I'm not a data driven person, but I do love some of the data points in training peaks, you know, that TSS score, the um, CTL to see how you're, quote, improving week to week. Your fitness, My right. fitness is, is gaining. It's on the upward slope. Yeah. And I don't really want to see it drop down over the next couple of weeks. Right. It bums me it out. Is, it is. It's a weird feeling. But... but then I know, like, I know that's, like, stupid, you know? Like, no. If, if Sophia said that to me or any of the kids on the team, I'd say, come on. You right. know this is for your own good and you're going to be motivated to ride in December. Yeah, and then you get the challenge of, like, building it back up. And that's why yeah. we do this, right? It's a, it's a ebb and flow of, you know, a process year to year and even within the year. So, um, you know, on the physical side of things that breaks critical for our muscles to really fully repair themselves and regenerate and, and, and grow, so to speak, but really that repair also a big part of it's like getting your hormones back in balance. Cause if you're coming off of like heavy training mm-hmm. or in normal, you're heavy racing, chances are, you know, you've been pushing yourself to a physical limit while maybe, you know, trying to minimize your body fat and all these things that... And maybe not getting enough sleep. Not getting enough sleep. Because you had to get up early to ride, you know, to do a training session before work or school. Right. And all these things affect your hormones yeah. in a significant way. So you have this, like, period to reset, rebalance mm-hmm. the hormones. And just overall, just a full restoration of, like, your entire body systems, you know. And, and we need it. And... You know, what's interesting is like in our training, most people are fully accepting of a recovery day or two within a mm-hmm. training week. And we're very accustomed to a recovery week every, you know, second, third, or every like third, fourth, fifth week within a training block. And it works that way on the big picture, the big cycle annually. You know, every year we need to take a sizable chunk of time off to restore and, and re- regener- regenerate, I guess mm-hmm. is the word I'm looking for. So... Um, on the mental side of things, it's critical to regain or at least maintain that eagerness to want to ride and train because I've seen that so much in myself as well over the years, but also in other people of, you know, you, you get to a point where like, you just don't want to ride your bike anymore. And we, ideally we don't ever want to get to that point, but sometimes we do at the end of a long season and you want to take that step back to regain that desire and love to ride well, the bike. It's human, just like human behavior. You take something away from someone and all of a sudden they want it back again. Right, right. <laughs> if I tell you, you, if I give it to you, maybe you don't want it. You know, I tell you you can ride, maybe you don't have the interest. But if I tell you, you are not allowed to get in your bike, Cody, wait. Right. <laughs> then you're going to want to <laughs> ride. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so as a coach and building training plans and coaching athletes, it's like you, you don't want to get all the way to the point where someone doesn't want to ride their bike. It does happen, but you don't hopefully want to get there. Hopefully you get to the end of the year and they still want to train and ride and you just have to say, don't train and ride. Right. And that's the difficult part. When you get to the point where they're like, I don't want to, and then you say, take a break, and they're like, great. 
you probably did a little bit too much, but then just tuck that away for next year of like, how, how did we get to this point of doing mm-hmm. too much? So we minimize that the following year. So that mental part is really important for that freshness. And if you're still like finding you did this whole long year of training and you're still super eager and motivated to ride, you just have to believe us and know that you have to take this break now because if you keep going in, it's going to happen eventually, whether it's December or January or April, the next year, you're going to get to a point where you don't want to ride. And you definitely don't want that to happen in March or April when you're starting your next racing season. So take that break now and it'll pay off later. Um, And then the last big thing is, you know, accepting, you kind of touched on this, like accepting the fact that it's okay to lose fitness. That's the intention of these end of season breaks Mm -hmm. is to actually let yourself fall out of shape. (laughs) <laughs> that that is okay because you have to lose fitness in order then to be able to gain fitness you can't just keep gaining 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 it doesn't work that way you can do that for a while and then you're going to hit a plateau and then eventually you're going to burn out and crash mm-hmm. um so you have to and my my big analogy that i always like to reference is like you're growing a rose bush what do you do every fall you have to cut the rose bush back to a little tiny stump and you yep. cry about it and you're like, oh my God, did I just you, kill you my rose it. bush? And then next April, it's back and it's bigger and better and healthier and more blooms than ever, right? Yep, very true. Same thing with the training. It's like you got to cut it back to a little weak stump. Maybe not go all that, yeah, yeah. all the way there. <laughs> but cut it back. It's not going to happen in two weeks. Right, and then bring it back. Yeah, and that's the takeaway. Like we're just talking about a couple of weeks. Yeah. You you. It's surprising you don't actually lose that much fitness, but you gain massive amounts of like freshness and motivation. Right. And you, the early part of returning to training, you'll still continue to lose some fitness, but it's all part of the process. It's and then all it, part of that the curve then hits sort of a bottom and then it starts building back up. And it's all about timing that building back up to when it's important mm-hmm. next spring or whenever your next event is. And I think it's also important just to mention that we have listeners who are not racers. Yes. And they don't care about racing. Maybe they don't, don't even do events like the Triple Bypass or Elephant Rock or whatever it is. They don't care. They just like to stay in shape. Right. It's still a good idea to take a break from riding your bike and maybe you finally take a yoga class. Do something different. Or yeah. you come play pickleball with Kathy <laughs> or something because then you'll still be be motivated to ride your bike in the winter and, and use that modality for fitness. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so even if you're not training for an event or a race yeah taking a a break is still important it's all about that ebb and flow up and down um to build higher and higher so all right so if you've listened long enough and you've agreed okay i'll take a break um how long should that break be there's a lot of variables here um the first one i guess is age related how old are you so younger riders in general these are all generalities Younger riders typically need a little longer break, whereas older riders need less or can at least get away with less of a break. Why is that? So the older you are, the more difficult it is to regain fitness, Mm. right? So it's going to, if you take too long of a break, it's going to really take a long time to get yourself Mm. back up again. And it just, the older a person it's like a exponential growth curve of getting that fitness back where a young person can go sit on the couch and do nothing for a month or two, get back on. And in a couple of weeks, they're like right back to really good fitness. Yeah, can, I, can I tell you a story? Yeah. Cause I just went there in my mind with a story that I experienced that, that kind of proves this. I was a runner growing up and I, I think I was about 14 or 15 and I finished the track season. So that, that ends at, at a normal high school around, May. Okay. I didn't run at all after the last track season, a track meet. And then midsummer, I was with my sister at this really big meet down in downtown uh, Indianapolis. And I said, I'm going to go run. I had just eaten a turkey sandwich. Like, <laughs> I'm going to sign up for the 800. I hadn't run in like a month and a half. And I went out there and got a PR. I think I ran like a 234. Really? Yeah. Okay, that would never happen now. Right. Right. You take a month and a half off running and you're 
well, you won't even be able to like move your legs that quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The older you are, the longer it takes to build back up. You can definitely build back up. You just need more time to mm -hmm. do it, and that's why you know. Yeah. We need so interesting many weeks of that base training to build back up. So, in general, younger riders, what what is young? What is old? I mean, in the cycling <laughs> world, you know, I would say you know, under thirty is young, and definitely under twenty is really young. If you're a teenager. Um, a nice long break is going to do you tons of good because on top of being an athlete, all your hormones are still firing full cylinders, you know, letting mm -hmm. your body to grow. So you need that long break. Um, when you're, you know, I wouldn't say 30 is old by any means, but when you're over 30, that's when it starts to take um, a bit longer. And then each decade after that, it's like exponential in terms of like you need more time to build that fitness back up. So less of a break because you'll lose your fitness You'll lose too much to fitness if you take a it's long break. It's not so break. much the, yeah, I mean, you'll lose maybe about the same amount, but it's, it's more about regaining the mm, fitness. Okay. Because you need, as a as a master's athlete, you can do a lot of the same workouts, but you need to spread them out more, and then, like, weekly loads can't be quite as intense as when you were younger. So you just need more weeks to build up the load. Oh, gotcha. To build it back up. So okay. it just takes longer to get the fitness back up. Um... Okay, another part is um, how experienced a rider is determines also that duration of the break. So um, the years of experience of training and racing. So the less experienced rider often needs a little longer break um, because this is all newer to them. And when you do something that's like newer to you, it's probably a little more fatiguing. You have to concentrate more. You know, it just takes more effort. So you need more recovery time. Whereas, you know, somebody who's been doing this for decades can take, you know, a week off and come back and, and you know, easily build right. back into it. So um, more experienced riders, maybe a little bit shorter of a break. Um, and also from a mental standpoint, if you've done this for decades, you, you're in the pattern, you're in the routine and you're mentally, you're, you can handle this stuff. But if you're newer to it and it's like your first or second year, like training seriously, that might have really taking a lot out of you mentally, you know, mm -hmm. to focus on everything. And so you need a little longer break. You know, I felt that way in those first few years of doing triathlon. I, by the end of the season, I was completely exhausted physically and mentally. Okay. Um, and then the last thing is the training volume of the rider. That's so really important. It, yeah, and it goes along with age and years experience as well. So they're all kind of tied together. But obviously, the higher volume rider needs a bigger break. Lower volume riders can get away with a little lesser, shorter break. Okay, so if you're training, what is high volume? I would say, I mean, it's different for everyone, but if you're up like say over 12 hours a week, I would consider that high volume for a uh, amateur athlete, amateur rider. Um, if you're under 12 hours a week, that's probably a, a lower volume. Um, and again, this is all very subject to the individual. Right, but, right. Um, well, because it crosses over. You could be an experienced athlete, which means you need shorter breaks, but then you're high volume, so you need a longer break. So then it's really about like what does that person need? Right, exactly, and kind of looking at all those things to mm -hmm. kind of figure that out. So, um, so my general rule of thumb is that break that time completely off the bike should be from one to two weeks time. Now, some people might benefit more from three or even upwards of maybe four weeks, but that's getting pretty long. Um, I've just found over the years with myself and athletes I've coached one to two weeks. So if you were a little older, a little more experienced, you can probably just like a nice one week break might be all you, all you need. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're younger, riding a ton, um, or less experienced, you need probably at least two weeks, at least yeah. maybe three weeks off the bike. Right. So, um, all right. So what do you do then? You got one to three weeks off the bike here. Um, I mean, to put simply, you do stuff you don't normally do, okay? So what does that mean? Maybe that means, well, first and foremost, you probably want to rest mm -hmm. a bit more, at least initially, the first few days. Um, you know, get sleep in. If you're usually up early for morning workouts, then sleep in because that's opposite of what you normally do. Um, if you're up later in the evening for evening workouts, maybe you just go to bed and read or go to bed earlier. Um, you know, do the opposite of what you normally do. If you usually don't take naps, maybe try to take a nap on the weekend. Um, 
spend more time with your friends and family. That's a big one there. Um, cause you know, for training a lot or seasons where we're racing a lot, you know, that, that can get neglected and it's not ideal. So catch up on that. Um, and then also from sort of a cross training standpoint, um, things like house projects, yard work, chores, um, things like that. It's a, this is the time to do that. Um, for the young athletes, we're encouraging all our WeDevo riders, like get a job if you don't have one already and Mm -hmm. like take the, take advantage of the next couple months while we're taking a break, but also very low volume training and work your butt off as much as you can with school and everything, of course, but make some money, you know, you're going to want a new bike probably coming up and all that kind of stuff. So, um, do that extra stuff. Um, and then also we say take the time off the bike, but get in and do some alternative activities. It doesn't necessarily mean sitting on the couch or laying in bed all day. Um, go do other stuff, go hiking, um, go play ball sports, Paddle ball or pickleball. Pickleball. I teed that one up I know for you. you teed me up and I, I whipped it. Pickleball. <laughs> you whipped it. I whipped it. Um, yeah. And well, you have promised me you're going to play with me in September. Yes. I will I will get I on the pickleball pinky court. Pinky swear right pinky now. Swear. If you could see us, you just pinky swear at me. <laughs> I will play some pickleball in September. Um, yeah, or if you like basketball or volleyball or whatever. Just don't pull something. Yeah, don't be extremo aggressive with it. But, um, <laughs> you know, ball sports, I mean – Paddle sports. I mean, I would love to go paddle boarding. I don't have that kind of equipment, but I always mm-hmm. But you could. You can go down to a lake and rent one. Yeah, or go kayaking or whatever. Oh, all um, that stuff sounds fun. Yeah, all that. Do Just do different stuff. Right. I mean, it's it makes you a healthier person. It gives you a mental break. You could do it with different people that are into those things. Um, and, you know, it's what you do during that break. Another few good things to do, too. Um, it's a good time to kind of reflect on your past season, review you know, what went well, what didn't go so well, where you think you can improve for next year. Um, it's not full on like goal setting time yet, in my opinion, but, um, it's at least time to start thinking that way and Mm -hmm. thinking about what you accomplished over the last year. Um, and then also along similar lines, start thinking ahead about next year's events that you're wanting to do, how you might structure your training plans, um, what kind of equipment you might invest in, um, and that sort of thing too. Right, so, right. um, and we'll talk a bit more about those topics in some upcoming podcasts in season two. Um, and then the last one I have written down here, and I think it's key. And when we're, um, talking with our WeDevo athletes is like, it, this break is the perfect time to get your equipment Absolutely. sorted out. Let's uh, clean the bike a little bit better. Yeah. Deep clean it. I mean, literally if you have the time and knowledge, like disassemble it down to the frame and then rebuild it with fresh parts and, you know, things that need to be replaced. Then, if you want a new bike for next year, that's the perfect time to sell this bike because it's rebuilt and fresh and ready to go to a new owner. Or, you know, if you want to keep the same bike, and but you probably need maybe some new chain rings, a new cassette, you know, new tires, that sort of stuff. Like, get that stuff sorted out. Get that going on your bike um, and that sort of thing. Or if you want to invest in, you know, some training equipment, like a smart trainer or something for the upcoming base season. Um, now's the time, or like we said at the beginning of the show, the strength training equipment, right? For you know, sure. now's the time to kind of start getting that all organized and figured out. Um, so that's what you can kind of do during the break. Um, and then following the break, once you've taken your one to three weeks of a break away from the bike and done other things, then you want to get back into riding. Um, I always have athletes just ease back into it for one to three weeks. Um, and just going out and thinking of it as like fun, enjoyable rides, whether, you know, and that's different for different people. If it's coffee shop rides or riding with your young kid or riding with your spouse who maybe doesn't ride that much, you know, where you can't always ride together. Um, you know, joining in local clubs or whatever group rides that aren't, racing um necessarily and just getting in i think of it as sort of like this pre-base training base preparation like just getting the legs going right it's definitely important or key for if you've taken two or three weeks off yeah you need you're going to need a week or two to kind of get to where you feel good again pedaling mm-hmm. the bike and that's a great way to do it it's just keep the rides like short and easy and fun you know if you're a road rider or a triathlete maybe go try mountain biking if you're a mountain <laughs> biker you know maybe go to some trails that you 
you know, have to drive a fair ways to yeah, get to the Yeah, that's what always comes to do. my mind. Like, yeah. I don't have time to drive out to Staunton State Park right. and ride with a friend, but, like, that's what I usually do in September and October is call up some friends and say, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, and in the, sometimes in the training season, you're like, oh, I don't want to get in the car and drive. We're lucky that we don't have to here. Some people, that's the norm, but, you know, an hour and a half to the, the – it's a great trail, but I don't have the time or the interest to do that. I'll just ride my local trail. Well, this is the time now to do it. Yeah, go have fun. Yeah, go have fun with it. Um and he's back into it. And then the other thing is like getting into the strength training stuff, whether it's getting your gym membership renewed, if that's an option this year, or, you know, getting your home gym station set up and getting into that, easing into that too. And we'll talk about that coming up yeah. for sure. Well, but the, the key to in. both of those is just easing back into it. Right, right. And that's the perfect time during the sort of pre-base period, transition period to, to figure all that out and get that done. So all said and done, if you take between one and three weeks off the bike and you have between three, one and three weeks of this pre-base or say two and three weeks, it's a, about a month's worth of this transition period. Where you rest and then a ramp up. Right. Where you've kind of hit the, you've rested, you've hit the reset button, you've had a nice little yeah. break and yeah. now you're kind of ready to begin mm -hmm. your base training for the coming season. Um. And that's kind of like the key, the key thing. I mean, that month of resetting sets you up for a successful season the next year. And um, I can't emphasize that enough how critical it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you're refraining from summarizing the summary. Yeah, I am. And then we'll just leave it with, um, you know, ready to begin base training. I mean, we've already touched on this base trainings where you make the biggest gains in your annual progressions from year to year. Um, you know, durations of base training then, you know, you need at least three months of base training. Mm -hmm. So depending on when you take your break and when your next race is, you have to start looking, get a, get a calendar out and look how many weeks or months do I have from when I take my break, my season transition, and when I'm going to race again. And that'll let you know how many weeks or months you have for base training. And so you want at least 12, if not as many as 24 weeks um, of this base training. And our base builder program is 24 weeks long. And in most cases, the long, the more time you have for base, the better you're going to be the next year. The more mm -hmm. progressions and gains you're going to make. Um, especially if you're a master's athlete. Yeah, especially masters, but also young young riders as well. I think too. Yeah, sort of like the two the, the two ends. Yeah, right. um, yeah, and that longer base allows for that slower progression, um, build that fitness up slower over a longer period. It lasts longer through like the spring and summer months, which is great as well. Um, and then you also have that ability to buffer in interruptions for you know if you get busy at work or holidays or if you catch a cold or whatever and you have to take a week off or something in the middle of that you if you have 24 weeks to work with instead of 12 it's not that big of a deal to miss good a point. week yeah, um, that's in good. there that's good so yeah so so you know as you're thinking about what events you're going to do figure out where that next a race is you know ideally it's somewhere between 18 and 36 weeks away um from the end of your break your season transition and then that kind of sets you up planning for your next season. Well, a lot of us don't even know which, which races will happen next year. So that's not yeah. as important right now. I think everybody knows they need to take a little rest. And it's it, everyone knows that base training is good. And if you can start sometime in the fall, that's ideal. Yeah. And do that. And then I think the races will start coming on the calendar and you can narrow it down more. Yeah, yeah. So our base builder program starts officially on October 5th. Right. And we will finish in late March. But like you've mentioned a few times already, you can jump in whenever you want. Either you just kind of start late and jump in where we are like after a couple of weeks, or you actually can just plug it in on your training peaks and just listen to past right. podcasts and log into the Zoom calls that were recorded live, but now you're going to watch them as a recording. Exactly, exactly. And by b beginning in October you will start to feel that fitness come probably around February. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to race or have an early, you know, late winter, early spring race, you'll be fully capable of doing that. Um, and then your race preparation training would pick up then like end of March, April, as you peak towards like a spring race. So that's how the whole like timing concept kind of fits in. And then you can rebuild for the like an end of summer type of race. So um, that's kind of how we do it. Um, well, good. I think that kind of covers that end of season. Yeah. Transition. And if people have questions or like, 
also like interesting stories of maybe how you do your your recovery your 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 transition season like send us an email i'd yeah. love to hear about or it what activities because i'm looking for some activities i was talking with sophia the other day like we're gonna get um we're gonna go to the used sporting goods stores and get some disc golf discs. Oh right, 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 right. And go try some disc golf, I think. And then well, I'm gonna that play pickleball. Take you away from your pickleball. I'll time. play pickleball. I'm gonna throw it out there three times a week. Shut in up. In September. Oh my god. For at least like an hour, at okay. least probably longer. But <laughs> I don't know. you think that's a long time? I know. <laughs> this morning when I said I'll be back at ten, you're like ten. I'm like that's only two hours. Right. I could have stayed there like four hours and been fine. Okay. Yeah. No. In September, I'll play. Three times a week, I'll play okay. pickleball, and then we'll throw in some disc golf maybe yeah. once or twice a week. To but see. I'd love to hear people's stories, like either like like funny stories, like we said about the kid we coached who was sneaking around riding his bike. Maybe you have a funny story about that, or like what you do to make yourself happy during rest time. Yeah, because it's yeah. tricky. I mean, I remember my mom telling me um, this oh, was yeah. back when I was like nineteen or twenty or something. Like um, you were living in her basement, right? Yeah, so I would race all summer on. Uh, road racing around the country and then I'd come home to the Boulder area and I lived in my mom's basement because I was trying to be a professional cyclist and I'd take my coach would tell me to take my two-week break Mm -hmm. and I'd abide first week wasn't so bad and then the second week I remember my mom always telling me she dreaded that second Mm. week because I was always (laughs) so crabby and like grumpy and yeah surly and like not riding my bike did not work for me but I did it, and you know, I did. I learned. Um, I that, think that's that how it's going to be for Jack and Ethan, the the two kids in the team. Yeah, they're going to be fine for a week, and then we're going to hear at least through Sophia that moaning. they're moaning and groaning, right? And maybe Sophia too. Who knows? But um, but yeah, it'll pay off. They just have to trust us with that and, and get a job, kids. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of them do. Right. There's one kid. No, he'll figure it out. Well, thank you for listening. Um, if you have questions, go to our forum on our website or send an email to Cody at teamweight.com or Kathy at teamweight.com. And Cody's with a C, Kathy's with a K. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. It is very um, greatly appreciated. Yeah, we need more ratings, more reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really fun. And then maybe we'll start, like, re- if people post the reviews, maybe we'll start reading them. Mm, that'd be cool. Like at the beginning of each episode or something. Yeah. We've got to come up with some fun stuff for season two. Okay. We'll we'll brainstorm. Improve things. Well, happy riding. I hope you guys get some good time outside. Yeah. Finish off your training block with a bang and then, yeah, get ready to take a little break. And then sign uh, up for our base builder program. And sign up for our base builder. Yeah, we want to have you part of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Take care.